Smartcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Sometimes the data you take in is so overwhelming that you do shut down, right? That's just the, the, the nature of the beast here. But it's the thing that gives us our creativity, our ability to problem solve and to think about things. And if you think about it, some of the greatest artists, writers, actors, uh, sculptors, people that we attribute with creativity, many of them have been highly sensitive people. Welcome to the Liberated Healer Podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hey everybody, this is Gina Cavalier. Liberated Healer podcast. And, you know, we handpick everybody to, uh, trying to show different topics. And I thought this was a really important topic. Um, we have today William Allen on. He's written a book called Confessions of a Sensitive Man. And this is not just for um, our male audience, but this is for also the females who need to understand their male audience and why maybe some of them are sensitive and what they might be going through. So thank you, William, for being on the show today. Thank you, Gina. Glad to be here. So um, quickly launch into maybe why, you know, you this, this has become a passion for you and a lifelong goal now to help others in what you found that was you were going through. Yeah. You know, uh, gr- growing up, I high sensitivity is a temperament trait. It's something that you inherit um, and it's affected, affected very much by the environment you grow up in. But I grew up in a time when nobody was calling sensitivity a personality trait. They were just calling it a kind of a pejorative thing that people said to you if you were a little bit more emotional than normal, that kind of stuff. So I grew up with the idea that being sensitive was not a good thing, especially for a guy. Yeah. Um, And it wasn't until the mid 90s when Dr. Elaine Aaron wrote her very important book uh, called Highly Sensitive Person that there was a definition put behind the trait. Uh, and the, for the first time, it was spelled out about what kinds of things highly sensitive people do, why they do them, why we're wired the way we are, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't pick the book up till probably somewhere in a little bit in the 2005, 2006. And I read it and I was in my almost fifties then. And it was like this idea of this book defining me and saying out loud, you know, and, and the written form that this is what sensitivity is and it's okay and it's normal. 
uh, was a bit of a shock to me. But as a man and as somebody who grew up, you know, with the idea that sensitivity was something that was a female thing and not a male thing, it was really hard for me to embrace it. So it took me about 10 years to get my hands around it. And in about 2016, I had retired from my work and I started working on a blog called The Sensitive Man. And it was mostly my questions about what being sensitive was for a man, from a man's perspective. And a couple of years later, I took a lot of that blog material and I put it together. And I, the book you showed was the outcome of that, um, that work. Um, and what I have found, uh, Gina, is that this has been a liberating thing for me to be able to know that being sensitive, being the way I am, um, is, is, is normal. And about 20 to 30% of all of the human population has this trait. So, you know, we're talking 2 billion people here that have it. Um, that was, that was a light bulb moment for me. And, uh, as soon as I finished writing the book, I decided that I wanted to make the rest of my life focused on devoted to helping other highly sensitive men appreciate and embrace the trait. Uh, and understand what it is, most importantly, understand it so that they don't go around with these expectations that they've been handed to by lots of other people throughout the course of their lives. Yeah, it gives them also permission, a framework to look and go back and say, you know, oh, yeah, that's me. And I recognize that. And that's okay. And other people are like that. And I can fold that into my life in a way that's positive instead of negative. And, um, so that's amazing. So what are some of the common traits for an HSP men? And are there differences between men and women that you've noticed specifically? Uh, typically, the traits are, are very similar, the same, actually, both men and women. I think the one difference that men have is this sort of they're battling this male expectation, the traditional masculine expectation. And that seems to be the hard thing for a lot of these men. But the there's four main characteristics, and it's an acronym that Dr. Elaine Aaron coined called DOES, D-O-E-S. Uh, the D stands for depth of processing. Highly sensitive people are very deep processors of information, right? It, it isn't about just an emotional thing. This is the way we're wired. We take information and deep dive with it. And, you know, that makes us very creative people as well because we can take lots of different dots and connect them together, and other people miss that because of all the time we spend deep processing and thinking about things. The O stands for overstimulation. That's true. Highly sensitive people do get overstimulated a lot, uh, overwhelmed sometimes by the amount of data that we're processing all the time. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. If you had a computer and you were running it to the max, you're going to wind up uh, causing it to fail at some point down the road. So that's kind of what happens with us. We just get a lot of information that we're processing and it becomes overwhelming. The E stands for uh, emotional reactivity, and that's exactly what we talked about, what most people expect from highly, highly sensitive people. But it's because we feel emotions at a much deeper level than most people do. So, uh, you know, something like a sunset or an ending of a movie or a piece of music can affect us in an emotional way because we process more deeply. Mm -hmm. The other half of that is the empathy quotient part of us, and that is that part where we are able to sense and, and feel, if you will, uh, where a lot of people are at. And a lot of that's based on just our observation skills or being able to pick up where other people are coming from. So we create a greater 
degree of empathy that we have towards other people, which is a good thing. Yeah. Um, and the last thing is the S, and that stands for sensing the subtle in the environment. So we have the ability to pull out things that other people don't see. People miss, you know, they just flat out miss because their attention is not placed on that. So highly sensitive people are able to pick out little things. I always like to use the example of a of a party. You know, a guy goes into a party and he's tasting the hors d'oeuvres. He knows they're a little bit too salty. There's somebody wearing a very strong perfume across the room or the music's too loud or whatever. Highly sensitive people are going to pick that kind of stuff up. And there's a good reason for that. We can talk about that in a minute. But those and are the four main traits, yeah. Definitely. And we, we really didn't talk about this that much 10 years ago. And um, I'm, I really am glad that we're talking about it. And um, it's hard to, when people aren't like that, they, it's hard to understand, you know, what a highly sensitive person might be going through. Um, you know, people, I used to get like overwhelmed and just tired, like saying being at a concert or something, right. I would just come home and just wasn't that I did anything any different. I just was watching music or something like that, but I just got so overwhelmed and I just felt like I had to go to bed. It almost felt like I developed chronic fatigue syndrome and um, it, it felt a little like that where I would just knock out, you know, and that's why I, I went towards the learning about energy and really diving into things like this because I was suffering, but then people would around me didn't understand. And they were like, Oh, are you sick? You're sick or you're low energy. And, you know, so that understanding, and this is like really important, um, the deep processing, um, because we definitely, you know, can um, get overwhelmed in a day by something, you know, I'll just have a, for an example, I had to read a book yesterday about a suicide and um, she put the poetry of her son in the back of the book and I started reading it. And because it reflected on my old ideation I just like it, I, uh, you know, the deep emotion, the real low and, but that's what makes me, like you said, creative, able to explore the thing that everybody, the parts of me that everybody seems to gravitate to and like it's, but they come to, they go together, right? Absolutely. All those, all those characteristics kind of come together at points. And I like to think the main output for all of the, uh, uh, char those characteristics is, and awareness, right? So when we think about sensitivity, I think the thing we should be thinking about is an awareness, an awareness of the environment, awareness of things going around us, um, awareness of what's happening in the world, awareness of what other people are feeling and thinking. That's, that's very important. And that's why I was saying earlier, there's an evolutionary quality about that. Dr. Aaron talks about that in her writings that nature has baked this in to about 20 or 30% of the population for a reason. You know, a long time ago, way back when, uh, it would be really helpful to have people who were picking up those kind of vibes, right? Picking up what was going on in the environment, what was dangerous, what's safe, where, where do we go from here, what's the best direction? And people who had observational skills like that. Again, this is where the term sensitive has been misused. Because when you're sensitive, you're using your senses to pick up information. So what you're saying is absolutely true. Sometimes the data you take in is so overwhelming that you do shut down, right? It's just the, the, the nature of the beast here. But it's the thing that gives us our creativity, our ability to problem solve and to think about things. And if you think about it, some of the greatest artists, writers, actors, 
sculptors, people that we attribute with creativity, many of them have been highly sensitive people because of that ability to be able to see the nuanced things in life that other people, once you show them what it is, they go, yeah, I see that. And that's what where we get a lot of our great art and creative work. What do you think about say for a man who has been told his whole life, you know, to kind of dumb that down, like in their family or in their, even when they were younger or maybe in their current household, just, you know, Hey, don't be like that. What are you doing? You know? And so what happens in that process? You know, I, I can imagine that maybe they would lean on to maybe other, like start drinking or there's other things that happen because they're not being able to be authentic in who they are. I mean, I'm sure you talk to a lot of men and what are some of the, the conversations you've had with people with those experiences. Well, that that is so absolutely true. And when you disconnect from who you really are, that's when you start getting into these these issues and problems with, am I worth anything? Am I valuable in any way? Uh, so, so many of those men, as you described, were told from childhood, from even being as, as young as a two or three-year-old child, that you're not supposed to do these things. And if you're a sensitive child, you may cry more, a little bit more when you're younger, uh, you may be upset with things. Things may bother you. This shirt is scratchy. I don't like that. Don't want to wear that. I don't like the way that tastes. That kind of stuff, you get told early on, you need to get out of it. And if you're a man, you need to man up. And you're like three years old, right? You're a three-year-old boy. You're being told to man up. That's where the negative connotations start setting in. And then men start disconnecting. And that was one of my problems. I wasn't living my authentic life. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do. And it was because of pushing that, oppressing that down, or putting a mask on and being somebody other than who I was. Oh, this feels painful for somebody who just wants to be that way. And then over time, just not being able, you know, there's a lull that happens in your soul. And that's a good point right there, because that, that is that is kind of a disconnect that you have um, from who you really are, what you truly are. You know, society is going to tell you this is especially true. Now, it, it happens to women, too, because women get, you know, a bunch of stereotypes put on them as well. But for men, it's and this is a point uh, that we were talking about earlier, I think, before we started, is that suicide is a big problem for men. And a lot of men, even men who are not highly sensitive have been disconnecting for years from their feelings, from their emotions. So they can't express all this concern and worries and vulnerability that every human being has to be able to express, right? So yeah. if you're not able to do that at some point, it has there's a tipping point. And a lot of times that tipping point takes on a violent or aggressive nature. Sometimes that aggressiveness turns against yourself and you have this problem that we have with a lot of men who are committing suicide or doing doing suicide, you know, or they're slowly killing themselves by not getting help when they need it. Mm, so much. And the, the suicide rates for um, males are so much higher than for females. And um, throughout the world, you know, that's just a, a common thing. And, you know, um, I, I, it, I just have to pause for a second because it just makes me sad to think about it you know and that's what why we get up in the morning and do what we do and get on these shows and you know try to dispel um some of those um you know maybe help someone out there who's in that stage right now and you know i think it's interesting being um a woman 
and I'm, I'm hearing conversations of my girlfriends about, you know, maybe single women trying to look for a man. And a lot of them want to have this, you know, rough man, man, but then they also want to have the, the kind vulnerable one. And there's just this, this kind of dance that are so, you know, confusing. So I want to see if you have any other like advice or input or into, into, you know, that and letting a man um, feel like he can be that way with a female and any advice on that. Right. Well, it's, it's like I said, we are all part of the culture that we grew up in Mm -hmm. and there are roles and responsibilities that culture has defined for women and for men. There is a stereotype that we kind of latched onto. I don't know how long ago it's, it's been in place for many, many uh, centuries, but the idea that the male is the dominant one, the male has to be stoic and unemotional and unaffected by the things in the world around them. And what that does is say, you know, for to the men, hey, guess what? You can't be human. You know, you can't have feelings. You can't have emotions. You can't feel weak or vulnerable. And so uh, I think with a lot of women who truly, if they could meet an, a man who is being his authentic self, regardless of whether he meets the stereotype that they were taught as a child. This is the guy you're looking for. This is the man you're supposed to be married or with or partnered with or whatever. If they find a true authentic man who is able to live his life and to feel his emotions and be true to himself and also be vulnerable, which is to say that when you partner with somebody, you truly are a partner with them. Mm -hmm. Then I think they'll see that, that finding a man who is more authentic is much better than finding this sort of strapping stereotype of a guy who is one day going to be in some kind of mental health crisis because he's not able to be who he, he you know, he is in authentic, in an authentic way, in true way. So the idea would be to look for authenticity. And I think for women, you know, it, it's understandable that you want someone, a strong partner. We think we all want strong partners, male and female, or whatever. We're looking for that. But to understand that there is no such thing as a, a man that's completely invulnerable, right? Uh, that you've got to give them the ability to be a little bit weak and put down some of those stereotypes and get to know the person. Find their authentic self. If, you're, if, they're, if they're already doing that, you'll know it immediately. Yeah. And I think that'll put some, uh, some of those reservations at ease about, well, the guy cried when he was, we were watching this movie and I, I didn't know what to do about it because he's a man. Embrace that. Understand that that's who he is. That doesn't make him weak. That just makes him more human. And that's what you really want is to partner with a human male or whoever your partner's choice would be. You want them to be human at, at the at the core. So that's why I would say look for authenticity first, because that's the thing that's going to have longevity when relationships are concerned. I've recognized it in some men where they, they have a hard time expressing vocally and they're usually men that drink or have other substance, like smoking a lot of marijuana or somehow numbing that part of them or, or almost like they have to use something before they can have a conversation that's important and things like that. So is there some guidance in your book that would be able to help them kind of like break that kind of open a little bit? Well, as, as we say, and, and I guess this is true in all spaces, but in the HSP spaces, one of the things really important is to do the work, right? 
if you recognize that there's a disconnect in your life, if you recognize that you're not being who you really are, and at some point you will, because there's a discomfort to that. It's yeah. very noticeable. As you put it, what happens when you feel the discomfort? You numb it. You take some drugs or you you uh, drink or, or you do something, and it doesn't have to be substance abuse, any kind of thing that takes your mind off of the fact that you're having a, a very uncomfortable what situation or life going on. That should be your signal to start doing your work. And, and you need to find help. That's the first thing is go get some help somewhere with somebody. It doesn't make you weak. It actually makes you smart because what you're doing is you're allowing yourself, uh, your true self to come through. Yeah. And I know Jordan Peterson, I've, I've heard some talks with him talking about that, you know, getting into therapy and having, you know, different kinds of, you know, talk therapy or whatever and, and embracing that and not feeling bad about having any of these needs, you know, but it is on you as the individual. You're the only one that lives with you 24 seven and knows what's going on in every moment. And you need to take accountability of making these choices and talking to people around you, what I think is really hard to do. Um, and, I, and I also would say something too, Gina, about that. It, it is on, ultimately it is on the individual, but I think more men need to stand up. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing not only for highly sensitive men, but for all men to understand that, you know, being a man is is not just a set of characteristics and lists. You're an individual first. You're a human being. Well, you're a human first, individual second. And then thirdly, you're a man. So that doesn't make you non-human because you, you, you're been told your life you can't have the emotions that all human beings have a right to express. So uh, it really does... Uh, is, is incumbent upon a lot of other men that are starting who've done their, some of their work and are working on it to get out there and help other men, and especially boys, because boys, they're flying blind a lot of times because nobody's helping them. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, do you have any more data on boys and that kind of, I know that you had a section on that in your book, because that's such a big concern. Well, obviously, you know, um, it, it's 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 painful because I've experienced it, but it's painful to know that it's going on. You, you squelch a boy, uh, his ambitions, his drives and who he is at a very young age because he's, you know, he's supposed to be this ideal male or whatever. And if you look at it, there's and you probably know this so easily as well, is that a lot of this the, the parenting that's happening is parents that have been subject to abuse or violence or something in their lives. Um, or also this incorrect thinking about what men and women are supposed to be. Um, and that's contributing to the problem. Uh, but I, I think we need to get um, uh, a better, we need to put more emphasis on mental health, obviously in this country, and especially towards young boys. Um, and uh, we need to, you know, get more men involved in, in uh helping young boys grow up and to be solid and not only that, but to be mentally uh, appreciative of who they are and what and their authentic selves and so forth. And I think it's so balanced this needing required in all of our society. And that, you know, through all probably the last 15 years, I've been going through all different kinds of spiritual classes, all different types of things, you know, religion or spirituality or meditation. And almost always it's mostly women almost always. And anytime we have a, men that join us, we, we get so excited. You know, the women are like, oh, yay, you know, 
and it's like, thank you for coming and giving us your um, masculine energy because we know that there's a balance. So there, we feel like there's an imbalance because um, the female mind, as far as I know it, will easily go down the spiritual route a little bit earlier. And it's probably because of all these things that you're saying where they're like in their head and they don't want, oh, I'm going to go to a meditation class. I'm going to sit there. It's like, I'm going to, you know, learn about energy. You know what I mean? And that doesn't look too masculine and things like that. But I just want to invite anybody who is going to show up that. And if they're the only man there, just be proud that you're the only man there and understand that the women over there are so glad that you're there because we reckon that we, we, people that do what I do, we're like always bringing them in. Come on, come. We, we want to, we want your energy. We need that balance. We understand that we really do need that balance. And I'd love to get to a point where when I walk into those rooms, I see more of a 50, 50 and that, um, yeah. You know, it's true though. Even with highly sensitive men, if you go to, if you started a meetup tomorrow, right. And you said, I'm going to invite all the highly sensitive people out there to come to this meetup. What you're going to wind up having is 80% will be women and 20% will be men. And here's the funny thing about it, Gina, is the distribution in the population is 50-50. It's not 80-20, it's 50-50. So what happened is 30% of those men won't go to those things because they think, like you were saying, that it's a feminine thing, right? Spirituality and things like that, it's all woo-woo, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get involved with that. But what happens is they once they get there, they start realizing, you know, this is pretty cool. I like this. I like this feeling. And they're opening themselves up to that other side. And I think a lot of highly sensitive men are very spiritually oriented and I think have a pretty good balance once they recognize it of the feminine and the masculine energy going on in them themselves. So that allows them to do these things like emotions and so forth and allows them to do things like spirituality and stuff. Because they're embracing that feminine part of them. And that isn't a sexual thing. It is just energy, right? Yes. And I actually witnessed them get really excited about it because they actually start to look at the mechanics of it and the science behind it and recognize that it's not just all like, you know, just sitting there over a bowl praying or something. They they right. actually recognize that there's, um, you know, and they when they take a deep dive and they recognize that this is, you know, Famous scientists over all over the world are talking about how what energy is, and you know, and then they kind of can go down their own way, which can be, you know, you know, using your mind and and connecting it with the energy and learning how to change that, and then also how you can change that in your relationships with your any of your partners or your family members or the, or your children. Right. You know, if if you have a child who is suffering through maybe they're being bullied at school or something's happening to someone you love. If you're going back and looking at yourself first, because like you were saying earlier, that awareness. And that's where I definitely think is key that word awareness, because we are just marching along in our own lives sometimes. And we'll have someone we love right next to us. And they're just feeling they're suffering. And we just kind of go along and, you know, take and look, take a stop and looking at them and just, are you okay today? You know, I'm putting a nice hand on them. And sometimes people just don't even do that anymore. Yeah. You know, so I, that awareness, I love that. Um, you know, for all of us, just, you know, every single person around us, just take a look and, you know, open up a little bit. <laughs> and you know what, you, what you, what you describe is a foundational concept 
to changing the way the world is right now. There's a lot of animosity, polarization here. Uh, people are going at each other's throats. Even in this country, it's it's really sad. But it's a lack of awareness. I, I to me, it's just it, you know um, of where everybody else is at, and everybody's not going to agree with you all the time and that kind of stuff. So what you've got to do is you've got to be aware of where that person's coming from, and that requires observing, and that requires sensing. And that's something that highly sensitive people have naturally. They don't always know what to do with it, but they know it's there and they carry that awareness around with them. So I'm hoping that getting at a, a, a level set with highly sensitive people around the world, raising awareness within our own community. The idea is that maybe we can start modeling some of this stuff for other people. Yeah. And, you know, you first will work on yourself and heal yourself and then you're going to help your entire family. Correct. You know, and I think that's something that I, I want this like coming through strong. I need to say, because, you know, first you need to do it for yourself, but I think for men, because they want to hold down the, they really want to take care of their loved ones and they feel like this really will help you first, but then it will, it'll just like a drop in, in a, a puddle you're going to help everyone around you because you're going to become able to communicate in a way that's more authentic to you. You're going to be able to go after jobs or, you know, meet other people or embrace things that you were closed down to before. And you're going to recognize so many other amazing things in other people, no matter what level of sensitivity you are, you know? Yeah. And you don't have to be, like I said, you don't have to be highly sensitive to cultivate these, uh, capabilities and that awareness. Sensitivity is really kind of like a spectrum, right? You've got the highly sensitive people, which is kind of the top 20% of the 30% of the graph. But there's a huge 80% behind. They're not insensitive people. They just need to learn. They have to work maybe a little bit harder to get that same kind of awareness that comes more naturally to highly sensitive people. But it doesn't mean they're not capable of it. And that doesn't mean that highly sensitive people are superhuman or saints or anything else. It's just that it's built into us. And that is the evolutionary quality I was talking about earlier. It's Mother Nature's idea of how do I keep the species going? And it's not only in humans, it's over 100 animal species this trait has showed up. So it is something that's baked in uh, by Mother Nature for a, a lot of creatures uh, to keep them uh in a survivable way. Oh, wow. Thank you, Mother Nature. Um, you know what, you guys, if you want to learn more and uh, communicate with Will, he's got the com, which is a great blog that you can kind of take a deep dive into and see if this is something for you or someone in your family. Um, this is the book, Confessions of a Sensitive Man. Uh, we're so excited to have you today. Thank you so much for your dedication work. I'm glad you found what, how, what made you authentic and changed your life. Yeah. And well, thank you, Gene. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, like I said, oh, there's one little quick thing I want to add. Okay. There's a movie coming out soon. It'll be out hopefully by the fall. It's called Sensitive Men Rising. It's about highly sensitive men. It was done by the director, Will Harper, who did the earlier sensitive movies. Check it out if you can find it. Uh, and uh, you can just go, go to my website and I'll have something on when it's out. Okay. And we'll definitely link that in all of the information that we have here. Thank you, everybody. Wishing everybody well. This has been the Liberated Healer Podcast. 
Thanks for all your support and comments and uh, have a lovely day and week and year. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support. Podcast. Podcast.